joining us for another covenant conversation i am your co-conversationalist cassandra lenore and i am joined by the wonderful all-powerful this is why i don't be wanting because <laughs> you be gassing i didn't say prophet of god i didn't say prophet of god like i wanted to i like this uh track when you break the thing y'all Thank you. Try to get spicy. Okay, so I'm with Dana Kyle, the lawyer. Let us pray. Dear God, I just thank you for being you. I'm so excited about today, God. I'm always excited to press into your presence. I'm always excited to meet you in front of and in communication with your people, God, me and Dana continue to show up, God, because we know that you always meet us here. And it is a privilege and an honor to be before your people, to pour out your word and share what it is that you have given us. So in this moment, we totally decrease and die to our flesh, God. We profess and confess that we want none of us and only you in this moment. So Holy Spirit, you can do what you do best. You can think through our minds and speak through our lips and give us the tongue of the learned so that God is glorified. Holy Spirit, our God, we just ask you to sit in the midst of this conversation and just saturate this moment with your presence. Let everything that be spoken out of our mouth be what thus says the Lord. Every hearer prepare their hearts and their minds to receive as well as us. So we just thank you for today and we thank you for another opportunity to have a covenant conversation with one another as well as with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope it's not too loud. Anywho, so, you know, last week's conversation was about peace, but somehow transitioned into how a lot of us feel like our peace was being attacked because of the season or whatever. And I think that following Monday, we were supposed to have our prayer line. And I don't think it happened, right? Nobody called in but me. <laughs> I was in court, but I wound up having a conversation with Cassandra on the side. And God was just telling me while I was, because I thought I was being petty when our friends didn't show up on the prayer line. Because I was like, I'm about to give them a read. But I thought that was me being petty. But then, so I, so I didn't send it. But I hit up Cassandra with my pettiness. And she was like, no, I think you should send it. So I was like, let me pray over this. Because I don't know if this is me being petty or the God really has a word for the people in our prayer call. And God was like, no, say it with love, but I do got something to say. So I wound up saying to our prayer call line, y'all playing. Because we've been having this prayer call every Monday for a year and a half now. And this was the first Monday, if I'm not mistaken, that we missed it. Yeah. There's at least been at least two people on the line. Yeah, and that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. So for there to be nobody on the line, I was like, y'all playing. Mm -hmm. And then it also just kind of sat with the rest, the way the rest of some of my Christian friends have been moving. Like our prayer lines have been starting to dwindle down. Our virtual Bible studies have been starting to dwindle down. Or even if people show up, they're not as engaged as they were in March or April or May or June. And then I had even friends who God gave them assignments 
And the assignment then presented itself and I would check in like, hey, are you, you know, doing what God told you to do? And they were like, nah. So I was just like, what's going on now? Because I feel like God used this year and everybody was saying it to wake Christians up and rise his army and set people on fire and unveil truths and do this and do that. And I think there was this fire in the beginning because everything was so ah. But now that things are calming down and outside is opening up. And people are adjusting to the new normal. People are starting, from what I see in my experience with people, are starting to get comfortable. Yeah. And it's like, okay, y'all getting comfortable with this new normal, and y'all are now going back or reverting back to the old you from the old season because you think that you're now situated in the new. But all y'all really doing is playing. And guess who's not? The devil. So, my God, that should actually say episode 25. So, excuse the typo, but that just, I, I actually texted that in the group chat. I was like, y'all playing. And I was going to leave it at that. Then God was like, no, I got more for you. And I had to tell them, the devil not. So, after I sent that to, to the group chat, Cassandra hit me on the side, like, yo, ah. <laughs> and then I was just really sitting in that, like, y'all, including myself. So, Y'all playing sounds better, but we playing and the devil's not. And especially in this season, as we discussed last week, where it's it's feeling very spiritually tumultuous for people. It's feeling like a transition season. It's feeling like a pruning season and or the natural season. It's October and it's demons and spirits gallivanting outside boldly. And y'all out here just chilling or we're out here just chilling, thinking that, you know, Everything is getting back to a normal that we can be situated and feel comfortable in. But God already made it very plain, very plain and clear that as Christians, we can't get comfortable to the point that we're not attentive, to the point we're not watchful, to the point we're not prayerful still. Like, why was there nobody on the prayer call? <laughs> like, My God. God told um, Peter, James, and John when he took them with him to the garden, he told them, you know, stay over here and and pray while I go over there and pray. And he came back and they were asleep. And then when he told them, uh, he said, so could you not watch watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into, into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I feel like we're getting into this season where now our flesh is starting to show itself because our spirit was so on fire in the beginning of this pandemic and things were on fire. And now people are, Maybe the people are just getting tired because it's been a long year or whatever, but you still have to stay watchful because the temptation to just go take a nap instead, the temptation to go watch TV instead, the temptation to slip back into your old habits are now creeping back up. Like I, I was going to the gym and working out three times a day at the beginning of the pandemic. Now I was breathing hard trying to walk up the steps because it's just, you know, time is passing, but we cannot get comfortable as Christians, especially because the devil is not playing. And so that, of course, just brings me to our foundation scripture, which is a common one and one that I'm sure people have heard before. But First Peter 5, 8 through 9 reads, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil. And I think there's a word in that itself because people tend to forget who the real enemy is. But your enemy, the devil, prowls, a, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So he's out here looking for you to slip up. And then verse nine says, resist him 
stand firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so knowing that, especially now in this pandemic where the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings, the same exhaustion, the same complicitness, whatever, especially with things that have also been happening on top of the pandemic in each climate, in each region, in different parts of the world, we're all undergoing similar or the same um, sufferings. But God tells us, even despite that, you have to resist him by standing firm in your faith and by being sober-minded. And that just brought me back to when God first gave me the scripture in 2019 and he had me study the word sober-minded and the word vigilant. And so I just wanted to read before we open up the conversation what God gave me when I was studying what it truly means to be sober-minded and what it truly means to be vigilant and how that applies not only in our natural life, but in the spiritual realm. And so it's a list of um, adjectives, but it's also some conversation for us to have. So sober-minded means to be attentive. It means to be on point and ready. It means to be serious and sensible. That means you ain't playing. It's to be studious and logical. It means to not allow ourselves to be captivated by any type of influence that will lead us away from sound judgment. Wow. It means to be beneficial, meaning you're not being sober just for yourself, but you're being sober for benefit of other things. For people who are addicts, now people might just equate this with like some kind of substance addiction, but just think of any kind of addiction. So for people who are addicts, we learn that there is no middle ground. There is no moderation when it comes to the substances or behaviors of choice. In order to live free, to live truly free, we have to live sober. And it's one thing to physically abstain from a substance or behavior, but God is not concerned with the actions or the inactions, but with the state of our minds and our hearts. And so like, if you do equate that to like a substance addiction, with like, let's say an alcohol addiction. If you are truly addicted to alcohol, you know you can't say, well, I'll just have a sip of wine and do something in moderation. You're sober or you're not. And God's uh, word pushes us further, calling us to be sober-minded, to be of good use, to be sharp and careful, to be able to discern and to be able to recognize. And then to be vigilant means to keep careful watch for possible danger or difficulties, to be on high alert, to be on, on point and ready. So if God told us we have to be sober-minded because the enemy, the devil, prowls around looking for someone to devour, like a lion, he's looking for you to slip up. You cannot. All of sober-minded and vigilant is the opposite of playing. So you can't be out here playing unless you want to be especially in the season. That's so good, friend. So obviously, as you know, when you was like, <laughs> I did turn up in your text messages like, bruh, because the thing about it was when nobody showed up to the prayer, I'm just going to, because this is the example that we use, when nobody showed up to the prayer call, 
it the, the first the first thing is first is like I woke up excited and expected like I volunteered to pray. I'm just like, yo, I'm back in my prayer bag. Like I hit them up on Saturday, like I'm praying on Monday. Like, so I'm, I woke up before I wanted to get into the presence of God and everything. I'm like, God, I'm expecting a move from you. I'm expecting for you to meet us here. And so I called in, I waited a little five minute grace period, seven minute grace period. I'm like, hold up now, nobody calling in. And so at that moment, I was like, you know what? Instead of starting to try to call people, I wrote in our little group like, hey, is anybody joining? Nobody responded. So I hung up. And normally I feel like or in the previously in past seasons, I would have felt some type of way like um, these people need to be, not these people, but we need to take what God has called us to more serious. Like a lot of us in that group are entrepreneurs and we or we have businesses or we're even within our corporate spaces hold like a uh, prestige positions and we know that we will try our best to show up for a meeting with a prospective client or with a customer or something like that on time and ready and eager so we need to have that same heart posture and stewardship when it comes to god's business because i am a firm believer that if we take care of god's business he will take care of her uh, he will take care of ours and also like just speaking in general like we knew and we know that god called us together for such a time as this we don't know the full magnitude but we know like stewardship is included in it so normally if people wouldn't show up or if people would be late, like I would feel some type of way, died in my flesh and then still pray and we would just continue on with life. But this time like I felt nothing because I wasn't, I wasn't expecting and looking forward to fellowshipping or communing with my brothers and sisters in the body. I had an expectation to meet God to receive from God, to hear God. And it was so refreshing because when I hung up that phone at 8 11, <laughs> when I hung up that phone, I was just like, God, I'm just gonna, I'm still gonna pray. Like God, I'm still gonna press into your presence. God, I'm still gonna seek your face. You know, you know? And I was like, wow, like this perspective shift and this heart posture, it it told it like I'm just in a different place than I was maybe a few months ago because like I just want God and regardless of what anybody else is doing I know I'm gonna do my part and I'm gonna show up and it kind of reminds me of a conversation that me and Dana previously had I think like last week and she was talking about you know long as I do my part regardless of if anybody else does their part or not that's no skin off of my back and I had never heard that is that like a biblical saying skin off my back no no I think it's a black thing Oh, well, I had never heard that. So when I was praying, I was like, God, ain't no skin off my back. <laughs> like, I was just like, God, I, I'm still here. I'm still still showing up. And I, I still prayed. I pressed in. I just had a wonderful time with God. Like, it was still a prophetic world. We're like, the same stuff that would happen on our prayer call, like receiving divine downloads happened with just me and God. And that's not uncommon. Like, I have spiritual encounters quite often. But it was just the fact that I didn't allow what others were doing or what the situations that was surrounding me to stop me from showing up. So I was like, I was like, we need somebody. I, I was thinking this like in the prayer because God, I felt very heavily. The Holy Spirit was telling me like, pray for God's plan, still pray for everybody, still pray for them. I'm like, okay. And then while I'm praying, I was just like, God, we need somebody to say something like they, they hear me say stuff all the time. I literally said they hear me say stuff all the time. Like, I don't know if they're going to be able to receive it from me in this season. And I was like, they respect Dana. And then I was, so I'm over here, like in my prayer bag with God going in, but still thinking like they respect Dana. Like, 
it needs to be somebody that's not me, but somebody that's not consistently saying the same thing. And I was like, they respect Dana. I'm going to say, I'm going to tell Dana to say something. And I stopped myself. I was like, I'm not going to tell Dana to say nothing because I don't know if that's my flesh. I don't know if this is totally spiritless. So I'm not going to say anything. Now I'm in prayer thinking this while I'm praying for God's plan, praying for my family, just praying, 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 going in, getting divine words from God. And I get out, stop. I mean, when I'm done spending time with God, I look at my phone and I have a message from Dana. Like I was going to say that I'm like, yeah, like I ain't tell dude that I was just praying and thinking about this. But I was like, yeah, so I think that you should say something, but let not after that. I said, but let God lead you. Because again, I didn't want to be encouraging her out of my faith. So then when this dude put in the group, the y'all playing and the devil not, it is Thursday. I'm still feasting off of that word. And not because of these, not because of our prayer group didn't show up because of how it applies to me in my life. Like even when it, so what Dana doesn't know that everybody about to learn now is I had a meeting with a client on Monday after you know spending time with god and everything and on the call with her god again starts ministering and the last thing that i say to her it was a very short call like a five ten minute call the last thing i say to her is be gracious to yourself but turn up and it was just so profound i end up teaching on a tuesday night to my writers community then right after that god had me go live and teach on the, the whole be gracious to yourself and turn up and i feel like god is like you know what don't mourn, and I told y'all about this before, like stop mourning what you lost, celebrate what's left. And what I feel like when God is saying like, y'all playing and the devil not, it's like, okay, be gracious to yourself. Maybe you did start, start falling short. Maybe you did start becoming complacent. Maybe you did start sleeping in. Maybe you have lacked in your exercising. You know, maybe stop, one, stop beating up on yourself for what you didn't do, for the mistakes that you made, for the procrastinations, for the decisions, right? For even what was done to your, what was done to you by other people, like be gracious to yourself, for, forgive them, forgive yourself, but turn up. Like, all right, you may have taken some L's. You may feel like you're delayed or behind schedule. But now I'm calling you to arrive. I'm calling you to remember who is attacking you. I'm calling you to remember who you are as a son and daughter of the most high God. Like, I'm calling you to remember that you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And so you don't have to take what life is trying to hit you with lying down. Like, I'm calling the intercessor in, in, inside of you to arise and do what it is that I have called and commanded you to do, is, which is use your tongue, which is quote the scriptures which is intercede and so it's so funny because i think that a lot of times or in just in this particular instance when god is saying like y'all playing in the, the devil not and then for dana to give the illustration about when jesus took peter james and john to the mountain with him to pray god the scripture that god gave me like oh y'all can't see that the only <laughs> the scripture that i read today is first thessalonians 5 17 and it says pray without ceasing that's literally the scripture that I received today that um, during my team meeting, I always start off with a scripture after we pray in. And that's the scripture that I gave. I said, I feel like today God is telling us that we need to be in constant communication with him because we need to be building ourselves up on our most holy faith, on our on on the war, on, on just on everything. Like we need to be in consistent communication with the father. And it doesn't have to be super long prayers. It doesn't have to be super short prayers, but we need to be communing with him and we need to be praying without ceasing because there is something going on in the now that we need to be preparing for or warring against. And so I just think it's just so funny how we get to this space and God 
spoke through Dana, y'all planning the devil not. And then immediately after that, God spoke through me. And I wasn't like meditating on anything. Like I was just pouring whatever God was giving me. Like be gracious to yourself, but turn up. So stop sleeping in. I'm pointing to my bed because I slept in this morning. And the whole time God was like being relentless. Like, yo, get up, press into my presence. Like I have a word for you. Um, And the, the book that he had me pick up and then I'm going to shut up. Can y'all see this book? Or I need to stop putting stuff up to it. It's um, by Sydney Trim and it's called Push, which stands for Persevere Until Success Happens Through Prayer. And one of the things that she says, then I was going to send you a picture of the book because I think you need to read it and maybe we can read it together. But one of the things that she says, like in her, the beginning of the book, is that she was initially going to title the book the anatomy of intercessory prayer the 26 wounds of the spirit and i'm just like god is really calling us to go deeper in our prayer life in this season i don't necessarily know why or for what but i know that it's vitally important that we take heed to the uh, guidance and the instruction of the holy spirit yep hi debbie <laughs> you gonna have to start reading these out loud. I got my glasses on. Oh, she said, "Come on and put three fire emojis and hands up emoji." But I thoroughly feel that as well. That I've had people prophesy to me to tell somebody else that they're supposed to be digging deeper, especially when it comes to prayer. And this entire year, I felt that way. But especially about God's word and that God's people need to know God's word because they need to be speaking God's word more. And that might be through prayer or whatever, but that's just something else that's been heavy too. And if you just think about the power behind that and how if more people were more vigilant and sober-minded in speaking the word and praying the word, what could have shifted or have happened? Like you said, who knows, that's the past, have grace move forward, turn up, but then are you going to learn from that? Are you going to be obedient to that? Because now I think there's also a lot of people that are pouring out that, I don't want to say prophecy, but like word that people need to be digging deeper. Yeah. Or people need to be digging into the word more, even when we've been watching Darius Daniels, Biblical Intelligence Masterclass. Like it's this urgency that's being spoken to God's people that there needs to be more prayer and more knowledge of the Bible. So now that you have no excuse because you know you're supposed to be praying more, you know you're supposed to be reading your Bible more, are you or are you not? Because now it's just on you. And if you, like the word said, the spirit is indeed willing. So I'm not saying that you don't have the desire to do it, but come on now, your flesh is being, you have to slay your flesh and you have to do it. It don't make no sense that God told you to do something and he's told you more than once and he's emphasized the urgency behind it and you're still not doing it. Why? Why? Be gracious with yourself, but at the same time, Turn up. So such a time as this. Like, what you gonna do? Do what God told you to do. And I'm speaking for me too. Yeah, for a fact. But like, I don't know. Just stop. Daniel said something in the biblical intelligence. The first thing that he said that I feel like very much so confirm confirms what God is speaking through us right now is that God is not obligated to do anything 
but fulfill what he said in his word. He's not obligated to fulfill what you think he said. He's not obligated to perform what you heard somebody else quote that, that they said. Like God is the only obligation that God has is to fulfill his word because as the scripture says, he is not a man and he cannot lie. So if God has promised it, if God has spoken it, if God has put his covenant stamp on that thing, if it is in the Bible, then it will happen. It is like set to occur. Either it has happened, it is happening, or it will. It will manifest in this earthly realm. So when it comes to the effectiveness of prayer, well, first, when it comes to reading the Bible, you can only read for so long before. That's why the Bible, that's why the Bible even says study to show thyself approved. Like when, when it comes to reading in order for you to have wisdom, because wisdom is the principal thing. Another scripture wisdom is defined as applied knowledge. But how can you apply something that you do not understand? So in order to get to the deep things of life, in order to have a successful life in the natural, you have to have a successful prayer life and your prayer life is most successful when when you are speaking the scriptures and are speaking the word of God and are quoting the things that he has promised. Like if you want to affect a prayer life, your prayer needs to be filled with the word of God because that is what he is duty bound to perform. Like he can't just because you want it don't mean that God is going to give you like answer that prayer. Like, Oh God, I really want this. Like, Back up what you want, back up what you're praying, back up the spiritual warfare that you're consistently or currently being attacked with, with the word of God. A lot, if you're having faith for something, find a scripture that you can stand on to align what you're believing for and what you're confessing with the word of God. Because the word of God is a rock. The word of God is an anchor. The word of God is a strong tower. Everything else is flimsy and can fly away. And everything else is going to confuse you and make you think otherwise. And I know that's where I was at, where I was like, I don't feel, like, honestly, I felt like my, not my problems, but the problems I was facing or being presented with were so big. And I was like, I don't even have time. I, I told you, I was like, I was tired of praying for them. I was like, I got too much stuff to pray for. I'm tired of praying. And then I had to back that, like you said, up with words and say, but what does the word say? Like, come on, like. And for people that made me feel like exhausted, I know for me, the playing came from me being exhausted. Like I'm not playing because like my spirit isn't willing or because I'm not reading my word. I was playing because I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And then it was so funny that when I was having that conversation, I think this was either yesterday or the day before, I was on my church's prayer call and my deacon or a deacon read Isaiah 40 where it says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with things like eagles, they shall run and not grow weary, they shall walk and not faint. And I was like, okay, I'm tired, but I'm not re I'm not applying the word. Because if I was applying the word, I would not be tired. <laughs> and so then I had to stop playing and get back in my word and like you said, apply that word so that I could come back whatever was causing me to be playing, that was causing me to not be sober minded. It's causing me to not be vigilant because if I'm called to be sober-minded and vigilant so that the devil cannot win in this season and in life, then I have to apply that word, like you said, apply that wisdom, read that word, get in that word to renew my strength. And if you plan for other reasons, like Cassandra said, read the word. Like, and maybe ask yourself, why are you playing? Yeah, what's the root of that? Read the word. Like, this is not like God ain't speaking. So if you know what you're supposed to be doing. Or you know all these way to go to find the instruction for what you're supposed to be doing. 
if you know your assignment in the season, if you know your purpose in life, if you know your calling, if you know you're supposed to be speaking to this person or making this attempt at this whatever, why are you not doing said thing? Maybe take that inventory first. Because for such a time as this, like I feel like it is that's a very timely word for this season. It's been an open heaven. It's been a lot coming down for such a time as this. So yeah. you can't be taking this time for granted. So I want to read a scripture that I shared. Um, it's just 100%. 100%. Only dead me on who else on here? Okay, but let me. Coda. Hey, Coda. Praise him. Okay, let me read a scripture that God has been having me to meditate on in this season. It's Hebrews 6.19. Um, and it reads this. Wait, did I read this last week? I'm reading it again. I don't think so, though, because God just gave it to me. So anyway, and then. Yeah, so I'm going to read Hebrews 6.19. It says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. And I will read that in the Amplified Classic Edition as well, um, just for further clarity. And that's one thing that you can note, because I actually have recently been having people ask me, like, how do you study the word of God? And it's so funny because this person asked me right before Darius Daniels launched his three day masterclass on biblical intelligence. And remember, I said it was two things that were takeaways. The second thing that was a really big takeaway that has really stu stood with me that I feel like the body of Christ needs to take note of is just because, you know, the stories of the Bible does not mean that, you know, the Bible and I'm going to digress right there. So in Hebrews uh, chapter six, verse number 19 in the Amplified Classic Edition. Sometimes when studying the Bible, you have to read it in multiple translations so that you can receive an understanding and get further, further clarity on how you can apply what it is that you just read and digest it so that you can then live it out and be it. Um, it reads, now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whoever steps out upon it. A hope that reaches further and enters into the very certainty of the presence within the veil. And then verse number 20 in the New King James Version says, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So the thing that really stands out to me is it's talking about this hope, it being the anchor of our soul like hope is the anchor of our soul and sometimes when we get to this place of tiredness and weariness we have to grab and hold on to the hope right which is found in the word of god and one of the biggest takeaways that i received from hope being the anchor of the soul is the revelation and understanding of what hope actually is for so long i personally defined hope as the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. And we know that as human beings, we're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, Holy Spirit, body, this fleshly stuff, and then there's our soul. So when we start getting grieved in our soul or weary, that can be because of emotions, that be, that can be because of feelings, like those are the, the soul kind of, it's like the unstable things, right? 
Um, and so if I used to define hope as the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best, then again, that means I'm placing my hope in a feeling which is fickle and unstable. Like the feeling that what is wanted can be had, not that it will be had. So now I'm having my hope in something that is not sure. And if this thing that I'm hoping for does not come to pass, then it leaves me in an even more broken space. And then obviously may not be what Dana's case was pertaining to her weariness, but there can be times where our soul is just tired and weary and grieving because we are ha having this hope or having this expectancy at, based off of our feelings or based off of these wants and desires that then if it does not happen, we are now downtrodden <laughs> um, and disappointed because God, I, I I had hope in this one. Like I gave you everything I had left and still was disappointed. Now, how do you expect me to turn up? Like, how do you expect me to still show up? Like, how do you expect me to still read your Bible and fast and pray when what I prayed for didn't come to pass how I thought that it would? But God gave me revelation on the biblical definition of hope for the believer, which again, while is why I feel like God, it is so important for us to study the word and to get in our prayer closet. Because while we are studying that word and getting in that in our prayer closet, God will give us revelation and He will give us the meat to nourish us so that we can continue to and deal, uh, endure and press towards the mark. So the definition of hope for the Christian believer is a strong and confident expectation. That's the first one. The second one is the sure certainty that what God has promised in his word is true, has occurred and or will occur in agreement with what he spoke through the through the scriptures. Now, God gave me this revelation. And if y'all follow me on social media, I posted this last week. This was a repost from years ago during my one on one study time with God that he gave me this definition and further clarity of what hope is. And I'm going to read it again, because as that scripture read, it says hope is an anchor of the soul. Hebrews 619. Hope is an anchor of the soul. But hope based off of what I felt, what my personal definition was based off of my Google search and the world's dictionary was hope is the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events may turn out for the best. Like these are very unstable words. But then through further research and studying based off of the biblical definition of hope, I received that hope is a strong and confident expectation. The sure certainty that what God has promised in his word is true, has occurred in or will occur in agreement with what he spoke through the scriptures, which is further confirming what Darius Daniels gave on Monday, that God is only obligated obligated to perform what he said in his word. So now instead of my hope being founded um, or fixated on something that is a feeling, something that is fickle, something that is not guaranteed to happen, I can put my hope and it can become an anchor. Even so, a lot of times the anchor is what steadies the boat when it's on the water. Like you put down the anchor so the boat doesn't move any further. So even if the winds are blowing, even if the waves are moving based off the circumstances, the boat still remains steady and unmovable because the anchor has gone into the innermost places and taken root. So if our hope is supposed to be an anchor for our soul, our feelings, our emotions, the things that make us unstable. The way that we steady our soul, the way that we steady and allow hope to become our anchor is through is through allowing that hope to be founded and steadfast and rooted in the word of God. 
So I wrote down, instead of wishing or hoping for something to happen, a believer knows that their hope is solid, concrete evidence because it is grounded in the word of God. And we know that God cannot lie. And then this is like another personal thing that I wrote down. Hope is like faith. It cannot be moved by circumstances or what the eyes can see. Faith is the evidence of things hopeful. So. That's good. Oh, um, Aunt Zaggy said, hope, this is an answered prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hey, Jasmine. She said, that's good. Hey, Jazz. And then she put the, like, I can't. Can you see my face? She put the emoji. I don't know what to call that. And then the praying and hands up emoji emoji. And she said, Teach, this is so good to me. Oh, glory to God. And Cold is here. She said, Hey, and so did Courtney. Hi, Coco. Our woman of the year at our church. I just wondered, like, I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't even know your nickname was Coco. I saw I saw somebody write that, so I feel like because we friends in real life, I can call you Coco too. But if Courtney is what I'm supposed to do, I'll say that too. And Jasmine said, "Hey." <laughs> but I'll end us there. I think that's a good place to end. I think a lot of our conversations have been shift, like it'll start off as one thing and shift into something else. That's really good, but. For those of us who's just joining us today, we was talking about playing when the devil ain't. So then it kind of, the conversation kind of shifted because I guess if we need to take inventory as to why are we playing, as Cassandra just said, maybe your hope is not anchored. Courtney said you could call her Coco. <laughs> okay, but I anyway. have one final scripture because Dana about to close us out. Um, Mark 9, 23 in the NCV version says all things are possible to those who believe. And if we read that in the New King James Version, Jesus said to them, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, another reason why we can have our soul unstable and our hope being disappointed is because we are holding on to a scripture without the correct context. Right. So, again, that's why I said study to show thyself approved, because the scripture says all things are possible to those who believe. OK, God, you said all things are possible. I'm believing you that I'm going to open up my window. I'm going to step out and I'm believing God that I'm going to grow wings and fly. OK, now I know that the Bible tells you all things, but that's not an all thing. It's the all things that align with the word of God. So if God specifically called you to do this, commanded you to do this, has instructed you to do this, whether it be in his word or specifically to you, and then has confirmed what he has spoken to you through his word, then you can move with the boldness, the sureness, and the confidence that all things are possible. That If God called me to do this, then it is possible for me. And it is not impossible, and I will not fail, and I will not be put to shame. So... Again, the reason why I wanted to, because I wanted to encourage you, like, you know, don't be discouraged, but be believe what God said, but make sure that you have revelation and understanding and clarity of what it, what he meant when, when he said this thing in his word. Okay, now you can pray out. That's funny. Wait, hold on, you breaking up. It's not like somebody cutting her ass. Can y'all hear her clear? If y'all can, then I won't say nothing. Push mute and then unmute. Oh, yeah, girl. I ain't do nothing.
Mm-hmm. I don't know, but still say because it's a devil. And I just buying the attack on the technology right now in Jesus' name. And I declare and declare that it will be clarity and that this last word that will be spoken um, will come forth clearly and unhindered, thus says, or by in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Just speak loud. Can you hear me now? It's my computer, like it started making this grass cutter noise, apparently. But I don't know why. But it really wasn't much to say anyway. I just was going to say that it's funny because when I was in court with an intern, I lost the back to my earring. And I was going to give up. And I was like, I'm not even going to look for it. It's done. I'm not going to find it. And then my this intern was this white blonde hair dude who, whatever. And he was like, no, come on, we're going to look for it. I was like, we're not going to find it. You, de- you never find the backs of earrings. You don't find it. Then he goes, all things are possible with God. I said, oh, no, white boy. Okay, you're going to give me a check real quick. And then so I was like, the operative part is with God. He was like, yeah, but come on. And then he just started praying. He was like, come on, God, open up. I was like, first of all, wasn't expecting that from you. But then you never found the backs of earrings. But I was encouraged that something that I was just going to just straight up give up on. This is a blonde-haired white boy who I normally would not have looked to for help. Was just like, no, come on, we're going to do this, and then starts praying, and then we start having conversations about God. So it was just a great reminder that even when you're feeling weary or in your fleshly feelings, feeling like things are impossible, in your fleshly feelings. You are now complicit. Or in your fleshly feelings, you are now really exhausted and tired. Or in your fleshly feelings, you are stressed. Or in your fleshly feelings, let's remember you're in your fleshly feelings. Because like Cassandra said, like the word said, if you're going to go by the word and you're going to interpret the word correctly and you're going to stay on that word, that should be our end. So if God gave you a word in this season, if God gave you a purpose in the season, if God told you to be consistent, if God told you to be disciplined, if God told you to be on prayer for the 8 o'clock in the morning, if God told you whatever he told you to do, and you not doing it just because you're in your flesh, slay that, get past that, and stop playing because the devil's not. So, if it is that's why the devil didn't want that to be heard. I hope that y'all didn't ignore the distraction and press through to receive what Dana had to say or what the Lord had to say to Dana because that was really good. But like I said, too, maybe you need to take an inventory, take a pause, and say, Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling now? Like we were talking about that last week, where we were, where we were talking about um, perpetual covenant of peace, but it turned into a conversation about. We are all feeling exhausted. We're all feeling stretched. We're all feeling attacked. Despite and despite the fact that the word says we're in a perpetual coming of peace. So why are we feeling this way? Which is contrary to what the word says. So if you're in your feelings and if things ain't aligning with the word, take a pause and take an inventory. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I praying? Why am I not taking God's word more seriously? Why am I not praying more attentively? Why am I not, why am I not praying without ceasing. Why have I ceased to pray? Why am I not? Why am I doing things in moderation? We talked about what sober minded means. If you're sober, you have sober, you ain't in moderation. We also know that God says that in Revelation 3. They say it's either hot or cold, ain't no lukewarm. So check yourself. Maybe take an inventory and say, just take some self reflection and really see why you are 
in the current position you're in. Maybe you're not playing. Maybe you have been them so reminded in the gym. Great. If you have, continue to cover others, encourage others, and edify others. So Jasmine said, thank you. I definitely need to take inventory this week. I was just talking to my boyfriend, and I was like, I literally, this morning, I woke up stressed. I've never felt that feeling. My boyfriend was like, what does it even need to wake up stressed? I said, I woke up with a headache. My stomach was in the bottom. Like, I had these knots and butterflies in my stomach, and I just felt stressed as soon as I woke up. Like, I did not sleep well. And then he was like, well, what do you do to de-stress? I was like, watch TV. He was like, no, that makes you happy and it's something you enjoy, but what do you actually do to de-stress? And then God told me in that moment, like, exactly. You have been distracting yourself, but you have not been de-stressing yourself. And so I'm living in this chronic stress for whatever reason. I'm going to have to take my own inventory and see why. And I'm going to have to stop distracting myself and be sober-minded and vigilant because I'm playing. And I'm going to have to de-stress, get that sand out, get back to God's word, and stop playing. And we're not going to exit this season, whether it be the month of October or the year of 2020 ever since God has, and not have done what God told me or us as a collective, because I have purposes with people collectively, you know, I'm not going to exit this season plan. Like, Darius Daniel said, you can't enter one season to exit another, so I'm not going to exit. I know, I already know I'm preparing while I'm being transitioned, so I'm not going to prepare or transition how I am right now. So, uh, Aunt Dougie said, that's the word. Courtney said, come on. And Jasmine said, wow, yeah, that's convicting my heart. Well, we're here to encourage you, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are here to uplift you, cover you. And speaking of that, we are here to pray together next Saturday on October 31st. Because whatever is This Saturday. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) This Saturday. Because whatever is happening in this season, people feeling weary and people feeling tired and people feeling attacked and people feeling complicit or complicit. People getting distracted. Maybe getting distracted by your own personal ambitions and getting distracted from God's ambitions and purpose. Maybe you're feeling um, inferior or fearful because God gave you something that you think is too big for you. And so now, instead of going forward in what God called you, you are shrinking back and distracting yourself and being filled with, filled with anxiety. Whatever it is that's causing you to play around when God only told us not to to be watchful, it's clearly something collectively it's not just you so with that being said based on last week's conversation we were thinking Cassandra and I and then even with you all and having the conversation that on Saturday October 31st we should have a hallelujah night prayer call but we're going to do it during the day at 12 p.m like our normal uh covenant conversation time because it is a Saturday so we don't think we don't want to take a lot evening I mean, we want to be consistent, cover the conversation time is 12. So we'll do the same time at 12. Asadi already set up the conference for prayer live. We'll set out a flyer today. So check out our Instagram for the flyer so that you can see the uh, prayer line number if you miss it and us deciding it today. We'll also post it on our Facebook so that everyone has that critical information and we'll have this corporate prayer line so that it was interesting when I was making the flyer. God, God, I started hearing God saying, take back with the double stole. Wow. And then so I was going to put that on the flyer, but I was like, I don't want to do too much. Said God was, what? We already called it a hallelujah prayer call. 
I know, but I did put on the flyer instead. I did put reclaiming territory through corporate warfare. Through corporate warfare. Now, what did God tell you to put? Take back with the devil. Ain't that a song? Take back with the devil song. Yes, and it's my stuff. Well, we, the flyer ain't gonna watch it, so something like that. Gonna be you wanna know what that <laughs> reminds me of? I want it all back. Back by Ty Tribute. I um, want it all back. Everything that the devil stole. I want it. Uh, on it. Uh, we gonna have praise and worship. No, I'm just joking. We are. <laughs> anyway, so everybody seeming excited about it. So hopefully y'all all will be with us. Saturday yes. at 12 o'clock. The hallelujah prayer call is going down. It's on conference call. So you can be on your knees. You can be praying, ugly, crying, snotting. We gonna mute y'all calls just um so that you can scream in tongues if you want to. Like, it's gonna be going down. Like, Dana is an intercessor. I'm an intercessor. We got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. It's gonna be fire. Literally. Like, Holy Ghost fire. Okay. I never said that's a new workout song. Yes. Take it back. Huh? I decided one of the things that God gave me. I know we over we over time, but I don't care because this is what God gave me. We over our time, but we right on God's time. That's a word. Um, one of the things that God actually that is a word because one of the things that God actually gave me um, when He was giving me that uh, Isaiah scripture is He said that Cassandra, what if I what if even I accounted for every delay? whether it was due to your procrastination or distraction. What if I accounted for every delay and you're right on time for your destiny? Um, and so that's a word I felt led to share. Oh, but God, that's show numbers. Cody said that's fresh fire. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you why that's a word. Because right after God gave me that, he gave me you, Dana. You always in my prayer closet. But listen, because we was meeting, working at Coach. Obviously, God had to ordain that time. During that time, you were working in fashion, but I guess that wasn't this. I think that was like some filler time. I don't need to be out here telling your testimony, but too late. And while you were there, God reconfirmed that you are an advocate. Then you went to law school, and literally, he made up the time. So although you didn't go right out of college, like he made up the time, and you even still were in some type of accelerated program or something to where you graduated at the same time that you would have if you would have went directly. So it just was like God reminded, using you as a reminder for me that just because you, it seems as if you're behind schedule or you're behind time, like I control time. I created time. I operate outside of time. So what if I, I even accounted for your decision? Like what if I even accounted for your mistake? What if I even accounted for your delays and you're right on time for your destiny? That's exactly what Mike told me the other day. Mike was like, Oh, so you think that God isn't omnipotent and that God didn't know that you was going to do this and that God didn't know that you was going to do that? So if he still told you that you were going to do something, you think he didn't know everything you're going to do along the way? Including your mess, your mess ups, including your distractions, including your delays, including your procrastinations, including the roadblocks. You think God didn't know that? If we say that God's omnipotent, that means he knows everything. Okay. We're gonna have to have Mike as a special guest because this man of God, he had y'all. So Dana has her prayer calls on Friday. Y'all need to start joining them. But anyway, so I'm on Dana's prayer call on Friday and I'm on mute or whatever. I'm on my floor, like right there. That's why I be praying. That's my prayer uh, closet. Anyway, and so I'm on my floor, on my knees and prostrated for prayer. And Dana prays like she always done. She's bringing heaven down, you know, calling forth the warring angels and, you know, destroying yokes and this, that, and the third. 
So then she's like, all right, now we're gonna have brother boyfriend. That's what not what she called him, but basically that's what happened. She was like, now we're gonna throw it over to my better half, and he's gonna pray us down. Yeah, he really did. And I don't know if I never, I don't know if I never heard him pray, but I I'm supposed to be praying and I'm writing this girl like, yo, 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 you straight got your spiritual counterpart because this man. I'm over here on the floor screaming in tongues, y'all. I'm not going to do it because, you know, we on Facebook Live and I be trying not to offend people. But I was screaming in you tongues. You with tongues? Well, that's a word and that's a conversation for another day. But anyway, I was over here screaming in tongues. I couldn't, I was like, it was to the point, I'm on my knees. I had to stop. I said, whoa, God, <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, this dude is a work. One, he's awakening the intercessor. Two, he is it's like his prayer was so powerful. He was making demons mad. That's that's what happened. Like his prayer was so powerful. He was making demons mad. Like they were just trembling. And it was like I was feeling like whatever was not in my house because our house is anointed and covered. Ain't no demons up in here. But whatever was up in the atmosphere of this region, like they butts was mad. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like because when, when intercessors connect. So in closing, like. Because that's what pastors do. Sat I mean, not pastors, people who be in pulpits. Um, Saturday is going down. But let me read y'all this scripture. So God gave me, oh, literally the same. Okay. So but you know what else was funny was after he prayed too? So after he finished praying, there was a sister on the line whose husband, he always be in the background. Next thing you know, her husband pulled up and was like, yo, Mike just inspired me to pray. And then he prayed us down. And we were like blown away, like, what just happened? So not only, like you said, just intercessory prayer, wake up the intercessors, it straight up inspired silent people who were going to be silent to speak. Like, didn't you say, did he, did he pray the week before too? Like two, three weeks ago. Right. And so this was the craziest thing. Dana was like, all right, so will any, does anybody want to pray us out? If not, I'll close us in prayer. This dude ain't got off mute. Talk about some, all right, I'm inspired by my brother, Mike. I, I'll finish this off real quick. I'm like, first of all, who even knew you was here? And exactly. then he came with the word. And so then Dana don't even know this. See, y'all got me excited. And I, I'm over here excited about prayer, which that's a thing because it should be a thing. I was so ignited that after the prayer call, I was planning on eating and going to sleep because that's what girls do on Friday nights. I was on my knees, prostrate before the Lord, crying out to God in my word. Like it just ignited this fire inside of me, like just a new place of wholeness and freedom and just the, the what I needed to continue to move forward in this life. And so, yeah, when people come together, that's why the Bible tells us do not forsake the assembly together. Um, and it also tells us when two or more are joined, God is in the midst. And it also tells us that if two agree on earth concerning anything, I, uh, our father in heaven will uh, is faithful to perform it. Um, so, yeah, if y'all got to be yeah, but I'm saying like if even if y'all want to hit us with some prayer requests, y'all can email them to us um so that we can make sure that we tap into that. And I was I'll tell you later, but I was also thinking we should have some people pray. I was gonna I was actually gonna say, yeah, we can talk offline, but I was gonna say that we can um unmute too. All right, so this is the last scripture. Proverbs 18, 19, God gave me on Tuesday. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. 
And then I was like, hold up, sloth on the work. God, <laughs> am I being too gracious to myself? And then he gave me further that's clarity. That's the thing, too. People be asking for too much. No, I'm going to say that. Okay. It says, uh, another translation says, translation says, he who is loose and slack in his work is a brother to him who is a destroyer. And he who does not use his endeavors to heal himself is a brother to him who commits suicide. And then the Amplified Version is so amazing because it then broke down. It says, this verse so reads in the, some big word. That is a Greek translation of the Old Testament. I'm not even gone. Septuagint. S-E-P-T-U-A-G-I-N-T. It says, its statement squarely addresses the problem of whether one has a moral right to neglect his body by letting nature take its unhindered course. Yeah. First of all, that was when, I, when God was talking about, or when that scripture was talking about being slothful in the work, I thought that God was trying to tell me that I wasn't going hard enough in the business that he gave me to steward. And he was like, no, you ain't going hard enough in the body that I gave. I told you to uh, to steward like your body is a temple. That, too, is a work. And what makes you think that you can let nature take its unhindered course like this? Is just allowing my flesh to run rampant. So in closing. And as much discipline that God is calling us to in our prayer life and to our study life, we have to make sure that we are applying that same thing to our temple. Because if we are not mentally, spiritually, and physically prepared and equipped to do the work, how can we do what it is that God called us to do successfully? He's slaying people over here. Jasmine joined us again yesterday. Hey, Jasmine. Let me read y'all what God said to me. Because he be speaking to me through my pants. You said in closing. Girl, I don't care what I said. My, my next meeting ain't until two. I'm going to stop talking when God tell me to stop talking. You done with Corey? I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing. Okay, this is five is the number of grace. Okay, he said Cassandra. So replace my name with yours. Ooh, Dana. Let me die to my flesh real quick. Okay. What? Cassandra, replace my name with yours. You thought I sent you. My bad. Couldn't read my own handwriting. Let me start again. <laughs> you know what God got me talking fast. Okay. Cassandra, you thought I sent you here about being slothful in your work, but I haven't because you're not. I've called you to Proverbs 18, 9 because you've been slothful in your health. Your body requires work too, and you're falling way off and behind. Don't just let this happen to your body. Don't just let it. Don't just let yourself go. Get serious about your health. It's time to get disciplined and not just for this season. It's time to turn up for life. It's for your life. Be gracious to yourself and turn up. Okay. You got anything else you want to say? Mm -mm. I'm on fire and it's Thursday. Like I can't wait till Saturday at noon. <laughs> ah, okay. We gonna we gonna do a covenant conversations fitness challenge too. God about 
to get us together. We're going to be praying. We're going to be fit. We're going to be on fire. We're going to take back what the devil thought he stole, stole from us. The prophetic, so you shouldn't have got me back started. The prophetic word, <laughs> the prophetic word that God gave me for 2020. And he gave it to me last November or September. He gave me that 2020 is the year of kingdom. And while, and then he gave me obviously Matthew 6, where it says on earth as it is in heaven. And God is telling us to take back the territory and reclaim the kingdom of God. And a lot of times, or I personally thought that God was out here, of course, telling us to reclaim territories and regions and tear down strongholds and uh, demonic warfare and spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. Like I understand that. And I still believe that that is so, but what God, God gave me great revelation of is when he said that 2020 is the year of kingdom when he said that 2020 is the year to take back the territory from the enemy and reclaim the dominion and all the authority that we possess God was telling me that the kingdom resides on the inside of you so when he said that 2020 is the year of kingdom, this was the year that God was rising up his spiritual and prophetic and chosen people for such a time as this to prepare them for what he has called them to do and equip them to do in the natural as well as in the spiritual work. So when God is saying 2020 is the year of kingdom, 2020 is the year that I'm revealing everything to you all. And I remember Dana talked about that too, because the prophetic word that God gave Dana was 2020 was the year of war. And a lot of that war has, was inner war, internal war, where God used different tests, trials, tribulations, or just situations to reveal to us where we were stagnant in or falling short in or undisciplined in so that in this revelation like inputting this mirror in front of us and us being naked and just bare and having to deal with the truth of who we are now we can go to god and like okay god i see it i acknowledge it now what do we need to do so so that i can be made whole so that i can be made well so that this thing can be completely fixed and i can move forward in the freedom that you have promised and given to me and so when god is saying that 2020 is the year of kingdom what he is revealing is that these um Un unchecked places in our body or in our lives or in our disciplines or in our business acumen or in our financial stewardship or in our relational stability or if, even in our mindsets and even physical disciplines like God is revealing all of those things so that we can then hand it over to him and really then begin to do the work. So be gracious in, in the places that you fall short because his grace is sufficient, right? And where you fall short, that's where he begins to pick up the slack. But now take those losses and those lessons on all those things that were revealed to you and turn up. And it's not a loss. It's only a loss if you don't learn from it. Second <laughs> Corinthians 12, now from my word, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. And on Sunday, I sent you the sermon. I don't know if you listened to it, but Cola is referencing the sermon when she says, walk in this divine reset. Got some more emojis for you. But I received that. Uh, so does uh, Jasmine. And yes, I'll stop playing with what I just received. <laughs> because the devil is not. What is the I forgot, so maybe I, I need to see it. Say it I oh, I can't even understand what you're saying with this grass cutting. Oh, I, I said, I forgot. When you said something, it triggered something for me to say, but I forgot, so maybe I don't need to say it. But I did say 2 Corinthians 12 9, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. And then I said, I received what you just said. So does Jasmine. And um, 
everybody who on here who God prepared their heart and mind. So I'll just close this out now. Unless there's more you got, more anybody else got. Nope, I'm going to push mute. Because you know once the spirit got, people be like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope um, this was encouraging, edifying, and revealing for everyone as it so was for me. Um, and I hope you all can join us on Saturday for the prayer call because I do believe that, like Cassandra, I mean, she, Cassandra was extra because she's extra, but that God is going to shift atmospheres, tear stuff down, and it's going to be a great time together as a body of Christ, moving in one mind with one purpose. So, with that being said, can you hear me still? Yep. All right. As long, so, long as you enunciating. I'll close this out. I'll try and be, I keep looking for like people walking past, but um, I will close this out. Dear God, thank you. Thank you just for being in the midst of this conversation, for being who you are, for being so intimate with us and not just some deity or some demigod or some something, but you are our father, you are our friend, you are our master, and you are God and God alone. And thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being omnipotent, all-knowing, and omnipresent everywhere all at once, that you have so ordained things to happen in your timing, that you have so ordained things to happen according to your will, and that even when we feel that in our flesh we are messing up, that we're falling short, that we're delaying or procrastinating, that you have given us the grace to push past that and still come into your presence, to still be loved, to still be aligned, to still be used by you. So we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for loving us despite our seasons, despite our flesh, despite our mistakes. Help us be gracious with ourselves in our flesh because we are only human. But help us to push past our flesh and push into the spirit because your word tells us that what's natural comes first and what's spiritual comes second. So help us push past that flesh. Even though we're being gracious with ourselves, help us push past that and get into your presence get into your spirit that lives and dwells within us and abides with us. Help us push into your purpose and push into your will that we can be used and will be used. Give us the consistency we need. Give us the focus we need. Give us the discipline we need to push. Give us the consistency we need, the discipline we need to do what you have called us to do. Help us to be sober-minded and vigilant because you have told us to be just that. Help us to be watchful and to be careful and to be attentive and not to be lazy and slothful with the work that you've given us, with the body that you've given us. Help us to use your word as our hope and our anchor. Help us to dive into your word, interpret it correctly, and then apply it so that we can use that word that you have laid before us, have given us for our learning, for our instruction, for our encouragement and our edification, that we can rest in that word and use that word to push past the natural into the spiritual so that we can be sober-minded, so that we can be vigilant, so that we can be watchful. Help us because we know that indeed the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So help us because your strength is made perfect in our weakness, which means your strength is made perfect in our flesh. So let us rest in you and your spirit alone as you have called us to whatever you've called us to do. 
as you have called us to, even if what you called us to do is just lay at your feet. Even if what you called us to do is just dig deeper into a relationship with you. Even if what you called us to do is to be more accountable and to be honest with ourselves and with you. Let us not always think of things externally, but help us look into the internal to see what you're trying to say about us, what you're trying to say to us, what you're trying to reveal about us. Help us take that inventory, help us do that self-reflection, but help us base all of that in your word and not our feelings. So that as we see what you are helping and what you're showing to us, that you're helping us to see as you're revealing these things to us, that we can then push past our natural feelings and into the spirit and lay those things at your feet. So that you can renew us and renew our strength, so that we can mount on wings like eagles, and that we may soar, that we may soar into whatever assignment you've given us, that we can soar into whatever purpose you've given us, that we can walk in this divine reset, that we can walk into the next season leaving the things you've told us to leave behind, that we go in head first and we not go with our feelings, that we leave our baggage, we leave our brokenness, we leave our trauma in the past and allow you to heal us and make us whole and help us to be reminded that you've already set us free. Help us rest in that freedom as we go into the next. Help us rest in your word that tells us this because we can't know that we're free if we don't read your word that tells us that we're free. So help us, God, in all our shortcomings as we're in this tumultuous season, as we're in this exhausting season, as we're in this season that may cause us to feel uncomfortable even just in dealing with ourselves and dealing with our jobs, our relationships, our finances, whatever it is that we might be dealing with that might be causing us to feel uncomfortable, exhausted, stressed, anxious, anything that's not you. Help us in this season so that we can go into the next season fully present with you. We can go into that next season fully armored with your word. We can go into the next season refreshed with a fresh fire, with new healing, with wholeness, so that we can just push past this natural and push into your spirit, your spirit, push into your presence, push into your grace, receiving everything that you've already given us. As you said through your through your pastor Darius Daniels, you already have you died for us as a testator and already give, given us an estate that we just have to experience. So help us choose to experience what you've already given us. Help us to stop playing with the word, to stop playing with your instruction, to stop playing with whatever it is that we are playing with because the devil is not. The devil is roaming around looking for us and for someone to devour. And he knows that if he can't get to us, he'll get to our loved ones, he'll get to our friends. So we have to stand as intercessors. We can't just stand on our own behalf. We have to stand for the benefit of others. So help us remember that, that this is not even just about us. So help us to stop playing because it's not just about us. It's about your kingdom. So give us the strength we need, God. Give us the revelation we need. But most importantly, just give us you as we surrender to you. Because we need more of you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name, I pray for this. Amen. Amen. Intercessor. Jesus. Well, it's been an hour and 11 minutes. And I've enjoyed all 11 of them in hour. 77 of them, 71. All right. So, guys, if you have not 
You can follow us on social media. Our Instagram account is Covenant Conversation, no S, to stay up to date with all the cool things. That's also where we will be dropping our Hallelujah prayer call for Saturday, October 31st at noon. You can also, of course, follow us on Facebook through Covenant Conversations. If you would like to listen to any of our previous 24 podcasts, episodes you can do so on any streaming platform if you have any prayer requests you can send it to a covenant conversation at gmail.com and as always you can slide into the dms of myself or dana but only for spiritual reasons we love you you are blessed and highly favored you are greatly appreciated and we look forward to praying with you on Saturday and then conversing with you again next Thursday. Have a blessed week, guys. Who am I? Am I ready?